We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Halpin. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Monday, July 31st edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Fantasy Football. Sorry about that. Uh, my guest today from Yahoo Sports is Brad Evans, um, as he likes to say on Twitter, CEO of Team Huevos. Brad, how's it going? Yes, uh, Huevos Gigantes is what I got. I <laughs> uh, appreciate you having me on, and uh, it's you know it's an absolute pleasure. It, this is a Yahoo-sponsored podcast, so yes. got to get out there to the masses to sign up for Fantasy League right now. Go to yahoo.com slash football and do it today. Do it today is right. We've got a lot more information about that, and we can talk about the app in a little while. Uh, but, yeah, it's time to start. I mean, it, it's, it's no longer time to just scout. It's time to actually start drafting at this point. And do you like drafting early or late? Uh, I actually like drafting early because I like kind of flying by the seat of my pants and rolling a dice and, and playing that game of, Oh, will my guy get injured tonight in meaningless football? <laughs> you know, that's, I, I kind of enjoy that for some sick, demented, uh, masochistic reason, but, uh, I do enjoy drafting early. In fact, I have a local draft, a 16 teamer, uh, the Williams sisters of, uh, her fantasy football are in it. Uh, it's an auction. It, it's a bloodbath and, uh, there's multiple kegs involved. 
uh, a lot of uh, expletives shouted out, uh, endearing expletives shouted out at one another. And it uh, should be a, a very hairy ride, to say the least, uh, upcoming. I love those white knuckler drafts early on in the season. All right. That, that sounds good. I like drafting, too, because then you, you have things like this morning. This is Monday morning. We're doing this. Like Jay Ajayi get, walking off the practice field with the trainers and things like that that get to freak you out when you draft early. But hopefully he's okay. We don't know any details right now with that. Well, fingers crossed. I didn't even see that news. So yeah. I'm knocking on some kind of wood, which is usually my head, uh, to make sure that we got some good luck involved with that one. Yeah, it's not, again, it's very early. All he did was walk off. We don't know anything going on. Don't panic, everyone. Once you hear me say this, go check. By the time you, you're listening to this, you'll probably be able to find more details out. So go check them out. All right. Um, Brad also does um, Fantasy Football Hour on Yahoo TV. So he, he is one of the fantasy people who has broken into TV. And um, hopefully you guys are getting a little bigger this year. Yeah, that's the hope. We are expanding in a couple of major markets. Uh, and I'm going to be able to release those details very soon on my social media feed. You can follow me uh, on Twitter at Yahoo Noise. But yeah, it's uh, it's an idea I conceived about six years ago while watching part of the interruption. And I'm just looking at the format. I'm saying to myself, God, this would be great for fantasy because, you know, as much people as uh, they hate the embrace debate uh, forum uh, for conventional sports, it's ideal for fantasy because people want two sides of the story. Yes. They like the argument. Uh, and then, you know, they want to be pushed off the fence. So whatever information you can provide, you know, whether it's on one side or the other side, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think that style of presentation conveys extremely well to the medium. So, uh, I hatched this idea to, to do a fantasy style TV show in the PTI vein, um, you know, with a little sports nation, maybe sprinkled in, or, you know, uh, uh, it, it first take even, uh, to a certain extent. And I, I pitched it to altitude TV, uh, a couple of years ago, actually three years ago, uh, didn't get off the ground in year one. We finally got off the ground last season, uh, got nominated for a couple of, uh, awards from one from the FSWA, one from the FSTA, uh, and the reception was overwhelmingly positive. So it's, it's great that this year we're moving into different markets, bigger markets. And, uh, I am over the moon about the show's potential down the road. Awesome. I can't wait to see this season's edition. And you do that. Uh, Nate Lundy does that with you. Yeah, Nate Lundy does it with me. Lauren Gardner uh, is our host. And again, that's on Altitude TV. And you'll be able to see it on some regional stations this fall. And again, I'll tell you which ones which I, when I am legally allowed uh, to say so. I don't want to get myself uh, in any kind of you know legal hot water. Gotcha. All right, everybody. Uh, we want to thank Yahoo Fantasy Football, as we mentioned earlier, for sponsoring the Rotowire Fantasy Football podcast. You can sign up now for Yahoo Fantasy Football, like Brad mentioned, at rotowire.com slash Yahoo. Also, again, check us out on Twitter. Brad's at Yahoo Noise. I'm at jhoppin37. You can check us out at Rotowire. We've got player updates, including more JHI later, I hope, at Rotowire NFL. And you can find us on Facebook. Um, we're going to start with some news. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck over the weekend basically said they, they, it, there were no definitive statements, but he and he's being very cagey. They say, hey, what do you think about the start of the season? You go, oh, I don't know. I'm going to take it one day at a time. Like, what do you do if a guy – <laughs> most guys you say, hey, are you going to start week one? Oh, absolutely. No doubt about it. And Andrew Luck goes, yeah, you know, maybe. Now what? Can you draft him at all? Uh, you can at a certain price point. I, I will say this is kind of refreshingly honest 
to hear a player just say like, yeah, there's, there's definitely a gray area here. Yeah. I'm not hundred percent certain I'm going to be available week one. You know, a lot like I, I would rather hear that, get the straight uh, poop from the guy instead of somebody, you know, blathering off with all this hyperbole, like, yeah, I'm iron man. I made a titanium. <laughs> I'm ready to go. I'll be out there week one. You can bet on that. And then he misses the first three weeks of the season. So, uh, you know, luck's giving us some indication is ADP right now, still hovering around pick number 60 overall. That's still inside the top five among quarterbacks and knowing the depth of the position, I would certainly wait for a guy like a Marcus Mariota or Kirk cousins or a Philip rivers significantly later than clack and clack, roll the dice on an Andrew luck. The other thing you got to remember is this is that, yeah, okay. He's got this shoulder issue, but maybe, maybe the larger concern, and it could be maybe another lacerated major bodily organ that he suffers from uh, eventually down the road is that the offensive line was barely addressed in the off season. They didn't bring anybody in free agency. Uh, they addressed it through the draft. It's a very young unit. They're hoping it's going to mesh. But Andrew Luck had the worst clean pocket percentage on 55.6% of his dropbacks. They actually have a you know clear view to throw and release the football without getting hit, without being hurried, without being sacked. Uh, that is a major concern, yeah. especially when you got a dinged wing. So I want nothing to do with Andrew Luck. I think he is the most frightening quarterback on the board uh, in, you know, in terms of that position this year. And at at his current ADP about 30 overall, big, no thank you from both of us, I think. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So over the weekend, um, Joe Flacco's back still seems a little dicey. The injury happened and they said a few weeks and then they said, well, it's not so bad. And then some other people are now saying, yeah, maybe, you know, you got to worry a little bit. So the Ravens over the weekend, apparently there was some talk about Colin Kaepernick and the Ravens were very transparent about well, we talked to him, and we're not sure what we're going to do. And you, most times, teams would keep this secret if they could. And this is literally the team's website quoting the owner about his discussions with Colin Kaepernick. Now, let's say, hypothetically, Colin Kaepernick gets a starting job somewhere. Now, obviously, we need to worry, wonder about the situation and figure out where he goes. Is he – how draftable is he? I, I love fantasy Colin Kaepernick. Is, is he immediately kind of a top 20 quarterback on your board if he signs somewhere? Well, if he is thrust into a situation where he's going to see ample playing time and Baltimore would obviously make a ton of sense because of the uncertainty with Flacco. Um, yeah. I mean, if, if he is then pushed into regular reps and yeah. you know, he's the starter, then he absolutely he's a top 20 guy. I mean, over a stretch last season of a handful of games, he was dominant for fantasy purposes. Now in reality, it was a horror show. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if you, and that's the difference between fantasy and reality, right? If you're just bo- box score watching, you're saying to yourself, wow, he's actually you know, having a, a decent game. And then you watch the film, and you're like, Oh my God, this is like nails on the chalkboard. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's an exciting player because of that scoring duality. Um, you know, you look at the Baltimore Ravens offensive line, it should be middle of the pack this season um, in terms of pass blocking. But you know, he's a guy that'll break and take, take off and, and pad that bottom line with those rushing stats. And he's got a nice arsenal around him. Again, this is assuming he's in Baltimore with the Jeremy Macklin, Bashar Perriman, who I think is going to have potentially a breakout season. Mike Wallace is still no slouch. Uh, they've got a revolving door of tight ends right now due to various injuries. And it looks like Ben Watson's going to be the guy to stand, uh, you know, stand up and, and, and take on the challenge. Uh, but, you know, I, I think the situation there is very attractive and much more attractive than what he had last season with the 49ers. And again, he was, uh, you know, arguably a QB one for about a four to six week stretch in 2016. He really was. Uh, he was on a lot of my teams. So I picked him up right away. I was pretty happy about it. Like you said, he doesn't have to be pretty in real life at all when he's running eight times for 74 yards and a touchdown. 
So, yeah, I'm all in. Uh, t- hey, Jaguars, maybe, if Blake Bortles keeps throwing an interception on every pass in, in training camp, maybe. He's better. He's light years better than Blake Bortles is right now. <laughs> right. Light years. Could you imagine Kaepernick with Fournette? You awesome. want that to happen if you're a Leonard or uh, Fournette owner right now or somebody that is a prospective investor in him because you bring in Kaepernick uh, and that ability to break, contain, and run. Defenses are going to have to spy him that leaves an extra man out of the box and kind of can open some things up for Fournette in the run game. So you want that signing to happen. I really want that signing to happen. All right. Um, over the weekend, the Lions website said they were talking about Amir Abdullah. And said, uh, 200 carries, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, does that sound about right to you? Did it make you, say, get a little more excited, a little less excited, or was it sort of just right? Uh, it's about as exciting as a trip to Applebee's. <laughs> I, that's what it is. And there goes our you know, potential sponsorship for Applebee's. We're big Chili's guys anyway, right, John? Sure. So, uh, we go chain restaurant, maybe a little Outback if you're feeling spicy on a Friday night. I haven't been to an Outback in so long. I like Outback. I used to live near one when I lived in Colorado, and, and now I just never go there anymore. Yeah, a little Alice Springs chicken to clog the arteries. There's nothing better than that. Um, you know, I will say this about Amir Abdullah. You know, he's a player that I was enamored with when he came out of college in Nebraska. Uh, a guy that uh, I thought had, you know, even though he was a smaller build, he was tough as nails between the tackles, had a versatile game, but he put the ball on the ground. And what we have seen, and you know, we've had a couple of, uh, you know, spicy, sizzly plays at times that really, you know, popped off the screen. But for the most part, he's very blase in terms of overall fantasy contributions and what he really brings to the table and the secondary stats that are out there really, you know, back that argument up. Uh, this is a player just doesn't evade a ton of tackles. Doesn't break a lot of tackles after initial contact. Uh, he's very unexciting to me. And I really think, uh, you know, one guy that I've been loading up on, whether it's in best, uh, uh, best ball formats or in very deep leagues is Zach Zenner, who uh, is a metrics darling who looked pretty good very late in the season when he got an opportunity to carry the full load. And you still got Theo Riddick there too. Uh, that's involved in the mix. I- I'm very cool in Amir Abdullah. Uh, my esteemed colleague, Liz Loza is buying into a breakout. I think she's cray cray. Uh, I really think that Abdullah is just uh, more or less an RB three. And that's about it. So I've got, I've got him sniffing RB two. I liked, I was excited last year. Thing is, I thought everybody was crazy in this rookie year because he had those two big preseason games and everybody went completely bananas about him. Yep. And then last year it was, you know, things didn't work out. And last year I went, oh, you know, round seven. I think I could do this. And as I said to someone last week, I was heartbroken when he got hurt because that he was on a few of my teams. I said, that guy's going to really help me. And I got really mad when he got hurt. And this one, I don't know. I think I like him a little more than you. But yeah, the theoretic, it sounds like they really want to get, you look at theoretic on a per game, he's going to catch five passes a game. Absolutely. He's so involved and, and they love him in the red zone. So I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I, I, you're right about you can't get too excited about Amir Abdullah. OK, ESPN.com beat writer for the Bucks reported that Doug Martin, Doug Martin, three game suspension to remind everybody. And when Doug Martin gets back, you know, maybe he doesn't have a guaranteed job. Maybe Jaquiz Rogers keeps it somehow. Now, I have been starting to as I tweak my rankings over the course of the summer. Every time I look, I go, I might need to bump Jaquiz Rogers up a few spots. But could you buy into Jaquiz Rogers being, let's say, an RB2 for much of the season? I think that's a little much. 
I think that's a bit of a stretch, uh, to be honest. And now we're hearing uh, local reports now, and they're just coming fast and furious on the Tampa Bay running back situation. Extremely fluid right now, but we're hearing a local report, uh, you know, today on Monday that it could be an RBBC the first three games of the regular season until Martin comes back. Yet, you know, there's no guarantees, as you mentioned, that he's even going to be on the roster. So we really don't know right now what the situation is going to bear there. But it sounds like more or less that Rogers at a minimum head up the committee. Uh, this is a guy that uh, they nearly rode into the ground last season when Martin was sidelined, uh, you know, a couple of massive workload games, you know, 30 carries against Carolina in week five last season, followed that up with 26 carries against San Francisco and then 20 total touches uh, the following week uh, against Oakland. So, you know, we're talking about a three game stretch of just a, a vigorous workload working uh, poor Jack Wiz up in a lather. Uh, you know, I, you look at the first three games of the season for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a couple of exploitable matchups, one at Miami week one, then Chicago uh, at home in week two. And then at Minnesota will be a difficult one there uh, against the skull in week number three on the road. Uh, but, you know, Rogers, a guy that could come out of the gate and, and definitely deliver, I think, an RB two level line. I do worry about the offensive line, though, John. Yeah, this is one of the worst run blocking units in the NFL last season. So whoever's toting the rock, you know, come week four in that matchup against the Giants, which is an unsavory one, whether it's Martin heading up the committee or it's Jack Wiz or maybe the dark horse, Jeremy McNichols who I like quite a bit and is certainly a metrics darling and a player to watch out for who I think he will eventually supplant uh, Charles Sims is an absolute stiff uh, this summer and be at a minimum the pass catching back in this offense. But yeah, Rogers certainly has some appeal and I was in a 12 team uh, exercise industry exercise last night. And I took Rogers in round number nine okay. to give you kind of an indication where he probably should be going right now. That, and that's a great, but because there's tons of upside there, you, you, you know, if he gets a job where he's going to, if, if he's going to get the ball, you, you can see a path to him getting the ball 12 times a game. And in round nine, I mean, come on, that's great. Yeah. Do you look at Doug Martin? Like what did he really do last season? A whole lot of two yard plots. Right. I mean, he, he was like a Galapagos tortoise at times. It <laughs> seemed like with the ball in his hands. And again, a lot of that has to do with the offensive line. But again, you look at some of those advanced analytics and secondary metrics out there on player, uh, you know, a player profiler or pro football focus or sharp football. Some of these really cool sites that are out there. And, and again, it paints an ugly picture. There is nothing enjoyable about what Doug Martin is bringing to the table. I don't care if he's in the best shape of his life. I don't care if he's, you know, uh, been, you know, chugging slim fast. It, it doesn't matter to me until I see it. I refuse to believe it. Got it. All right. I want to talk about Carlos Hyde. The 40, the, there were, you know, th this is the time you, you can't believe every, every report you hear a couple of weeks ago, someone, I forget who it was. might've been Evan Silva. I don't know. It's, it's quote cited a report that said, you know, hey, Carlos Hyde could get cut. Oh, it was Greg Rosenthal. Thank you. It was Greg Rosenthal. Um, now, Kyle Shanahan on Sunday, I'm, I'm just going to read you the quotes, um, asking about talking about Carlos Hyde and, you know, hey, he, maybe he flipped the switch. Someone asked him if he flipped the switch on commitment level. And he says, definitely, it's been easy to see. His coach, basically his coaches and teammates saw it. Um, his work ethic, attention to detail. We were really excited at OTAs about when we broke and left camp earlier in the offseason. And he's taken it to another level. I can tell he's put in the work and given himself a chance to have a good season. And you look at that and you go, hey, Carlos Hyde. A lot of opportunity. Kyle Shanahan coming in has had running game success. Um, and then you think, can I trust Carlos Hyde? Can you, do you, could you trust Carlos Hyde? 
Well, here's the good news. His uh, value is plummeting right now in terms mm-hmm. of ADP. So you're getting him on the cheap. Uh, I mean, that's a player that was consistently getting drafted probably round three, maybe round four. I mean, I've seen him in some drafts round five, round six and 12 team exercises. I mean, his ADP right now hovering around pick number 52 overall. And it's, it, it's going to diminish further. In my opinion, you, this is a guy you're going to get consistently in the sixties. And he is a guy that I think just, uh, he's a Rodney Dangerfield all-star. He doesn't get enough respect. In my opinion, you look at those secondary numbers and this is a guy that definitely pops on film when he gets opportunities. I know people are like, well, he's got this history where the injury imp is always feasting on his flesh and that's his reputation. He's a brittle back, yada, yada, yada. And then you read into, oh, he's not a good fit for the outside zone scheme. He's more of an interior zone runner, as we've seen with Chip Kelly system, going back to a similar system that was ran at Ohio state under, you know, the, uh, urban Meyer years there. But you look at the secondary profile, and he's a rock-solid rusher. Mm-hmm. This is a guy that was number seven in evaded tackles last season. Uh, he was number eight in breakaway runs. It was a runs of 15 yards or more. He was number six in yards after contact per touch. And you put it all together and say, okay, wait a minute. So this, you're telling me this is a guy that, that's got some wiggle. He's elusive based on the evaded tackle numbers. He gets a lot of tough yards after contact, so he can be a bull between the pipes when need be. Absolutely check. Oh, and he's got some breakaway wheels as well. And he had a catch rate of over 81%. He's a complete running back who yep. doesn't get enough love. And I'm finally, I'm just, I am ecstatic that Shanahan has stepped down from his ivory tower and has finally come to realization like, Hey, if we're going to actually win, maybe, I don't know, three or four football games this year, Carlos Hyde needs to be our primary running back. So he's not going to pound the table for Joe Williams much anymore, I guess. Is, is he shouldn't. Saying. And the last time we heard about Joe Williams, he, he was uh, adjusting horribly to the NFL. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I mean, people need to get these notions that Joe Williams is a threat, a factor out of their head right now. Yep. Really, the number two running back is probably going to be Tim Hightower, who I swear is a cockroach. He never, right? He actually did go away and then he came back. He came back. It was productive. Yes, I know. He was a, he was a fantasy playoff hero he, with the Saints a couple he, of years ago. He was he won people fantasy championships two years ago. Yeah, it's just one of the, it's it's like in the um, it goes down in the in the annals of like uh, Ron Dane or Nick Goings or Sam Congato. Sam these yeah. dudes out of nowhere that either get you the playoffs or get you the crown in the end. All right. Um, we are going to thank our friends again at Yahoo Fantasy Football for sponsoring the RotoWire Fantasy Football podcast. With Yahoo Fantasy Football, there are endless ways to feel the wins each week, whether it's a winning waiver claim, a winning piece of smack talk, or actually winning on the field. It's football in its funnest, best form, where there's no such thing as excessive celebration. Yahoo Fantasy Football is free to play and easy to use on a desktop or mobile with the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app. Sign up today at rotowire.com slash Yahoo and download the Yahoo Fantasy Sports app, which has been rated number one by the Fantasy Sports Trade Association for three years in a row do you brad do you use your app all day on sunday or do you look at the computer uh i i look at everything yeah. every screen imaginable if it's a screen i'm going to stare at it on sunday so I, i'm a red zone guy yeah uh through and through I, I it's it's actually really difficult for me to sit and watch an entire football game because of all the stoppages it's really really annoying especially live oh, you know it's brutal. tough to watch games live anymore um you know like in person but on, you know, if you're watching a three hour game on a Thursday night, you know, I, I, I will stomach it, but I hate the nonstop commercials. And that's a great thing about red zone. Um, so yeah, I've got my laptop pulled up with my stack tracker in front of me. I'm going to track it all my, uh, my numbers and everything else. And then my phone's next to me because people are constantly talking smack 
on Sundays uh, via that device. Right. Um, so, so you're a Bears fan, right? Uh, I'm a manic depressant. Yes. <laughs> so do you watch entire Bears games, or do you still have to? No. Flip? Why would I? Why would I want to suffer through that? I don't know. It's your team. People suffer. That's what being a sports fan's about, right? Well, I mean, maybe if I've got uh, a fine stash of tequila within arm's reach, <laughs> then maybe I will sit there and stomach a you know three and a half, four hour boar fest provided by my Chicago Bears. Mitchell Trubisky not getting you fired up, I guess. No, I, well, it gets me fired up for the wrong reasons. I still can't believe the Bears traded up for that. They could have yeah. just sat there at their spot in the draft, not relinquish any kind of draft equity, and would have still gotten Mitchell Trubisky, who needs to ride the pine this season. And they just need to let Mike Glennon and his draft neck run the show. Yeah, I, I'm with you on that one. I don't understand that trade. All right. The Yahoo Fantasy app Messenger allows for all the witty banner and smack talk your league can muster. That app is just as extensive as the desktop experience, letting you draft, trade, and comb waiver options right on your phone. It gives you in-depth player and matchup analysis to help you fine-tune your roster each and every week. Switch your league to Yahoo where you can manage your league dues for free. Sign up today for Yahoo Fantasy Football at rotowire.com slash yahoo. That's rotowire.com slash yahoo. Yahoo Fantasy Football. Feel the wins. Okay, I'm going to get into some of your analysis. Um, I was combing through it last night. You seem all aboard the Ty Montgomery train. Um, tell us why and, and how early do you think you, – you, you probably would jump ahead of his ADP, and I'm wondering by how much. You do that with all players like everybody does. Yeah, and you know, that's the other thing too is like I even mentioned this on my Twitter account on Sunday night is that don't be – a slave to ADP. Don't be married to average draft positions. If you like a guy, go get a guy. And I think that's a problem that a lot of uh, drafters, whether they're experts or, you know, uh, uh, veterans or novices, they fall into that trap, right? I do. And, and it, yeah, we all do. But to a certain extent, you know, we, we look at that and like, well, I could wait a little bit longer. And then he gets snaked. And he miss out on a golden opportunity. And I think Ty Montgomery is one of those guys. Now, his average rap position right now hovering in the mid-40s. Uh, I was in the, that 12-team exercise, a lot of uh, industry quote-unquote experts. And I entertained Montgomery in the third round. Matt Kelly, a player profiler, wrote Underworld, uh, was drafting uh, behind me. I'd have taken Terrell prior at that point because I went uh, Melvin Gordon and Jordan Howard. By the way, I was picking from the eight spot. The fact that I got Howard in round two with that wow. position was astonishing to me. But that's how far he's fallen, and I, it's inexplicable to me. And we can get into that here in a little bit. But I was debating Montgomery at that point, but I needed to shore up and get what I felt was a top 12 wide receiver. And I have prior right now is uh, my wide receiver eight. So I bypassed Montgomery. He went with the very next pick. To Matt Kelly and understandably so. I mean, you look at the, the secondary metrics of Ty Montgomery. Uh, I mean, it just jumps off the screen, right? Juke rate, which uh, measures a guy's ability to make guys miss and again, yards after contact. He was number three in that last year he was number one in yards after contact per touch, a guy with a great breakaway percentage. Again, he checks every single box imaginable. Oh, and he's a great receiver. Oh, and he's packed on some weight so he can handle a more rigorous workload. You worry about the pass protection. That's a work in progress. Uh, I don't buy into this uh, Jamal Williams nonsense. Jamal Williams is a very unathletic running back, straight north-south plotter, in my opinion. I think Aaron Jones is the bigger threat there to tie Montgomery and his value uh, than Jamal Williams. But I think Montgomery's got to be the main man. Uh, he's probably going to run around 14, 15 touches per game. Uh, and I got him slated for around uh, 1,300 combined yards and nine total touchdowns. And uh, if he achieves that, he will probably crack the RB1 rank still. He'll be in that RB10 to RB12 range. So you think more the, – the, the, the only hesitation I have with Montgomery is that 
I jumped on board last year. And as the year went on, we saw some of those metrics you talked about and I got excited. And then I kept looking going, why won't they give him the ball more? Is it, is the, do you think the off season of learning his position? And as you said, pack yep. on a little weight is going to make a difference there. It's going to let them trust him more. Absolutely. And, you know, I think the, the other bigger issue there was the pass protection. Uh, this yeah. is a guy that uh, was uh, Casper the friendly ghost at times when the uh, the blitz was <laughs> oncoming. And if he is improved in that area, we haven't seen it yet. We're hearing he's making, you know, inroads and strides in that category. Then that alleviates all doubts that he can be a three down running back in this league. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, Mike McCarthy is, uh, you know, fond of the idea of feeding him 20 times per game. He's made that very clear to the media uh, throughout the summer. Um, but I think, you know, it's realistic to get 14 to 15 touches per game out of my amount uh, of my uh, Montgomery. And one other thing here to remember is this, when you're playing alongside a hall of fame level quarterback, you're going to see a lot of friendly fronts. And last season he saw a light front 89.6% of the time. Mm -hmm. Think about that. So he saw uh, fewer than seven men in the box, nearly 90% of the time <laughs> you talk about hello, exploitable situations. So, you know, you pull it all together, school, uh, the skill sets, uh, the increased workload, the fact that, uh, you're going to have a lot of exploitable fronts to take advantage of. Uh, sky's the limit. And uh, I'm not going to go on a pedestal and, and talk about LaDainian Tomlinson numbers because I think LT is a little crazy with his 15 touchdown declaration for Montgomery. But again, realistically, 1,300 combined, nine, maybe 10 touchdowns in total for Ty this year. That's a pretty nice season right there if those numbers happen. Um, I want to ask you the same thing about Christian McCaffrey, who you're also high on. Um, I'm in Charlotte where everybody is very, very excited about Christian McCaffrey and everything from camp. As soon as every time there's a practice, oh, they threw him again. Look at this. There you go. Oh, they threw him another time. And now listen to what Luke, Luke Keekley said and listen to what Jonathan Stewart said about him. And everybody's excited. And I'm excited about Christian McCaffrey too. Um, I feel like there's Stewart's still there. Right. Stewart's going to, I think Stewart's going to get 12 carries a game. And how much ceiling does that leave for Christian McCaffrey? Do you think? Yeah, I think I think that's actually a very accurate statement. Uh, John, the Stewart's not going anywhere. Uh, the biggest concern here, too, is not only Stewart near the goal line, it's Cam Newton near the goal yeah. line. And I understand that Cam wants to run less and the coaching staff is trying to, you know, drill into his head. Look, man, you, you got to get rid of the ball quicker. Uh, that's why they brought in uh, Curtis Samuel. That's why they brought in Christian McCaffrey, because this was the slowest team. Uh, in, you know, in the NFL, they were a bunch of plotters, a bunch of snails. And now you bring in these two little, you know, electric robots, uh, and McCaffrey and Samuel, and they're, they're trying to alleviate some of that pressure on Newton, try to improve the completion percentages. And it's not like these guys are going to be checked down options. Cause that's what a lot of people are arguing in the fantasy community. It's like cam never checks down. I mean, look at the history, right. They never throw their running backs, but I'm going to tell you right now, McCaffrey and Sam are going to be first reads yeah. more often than not, uh, out of, you know, necessity and force. So I think McCaffrey, I projected for him, you know, about 150 carries, you know, he'll probably uh, pull together something around 550, 650 rushing yards, but he's going to do his damage as a kind of scat back in the open field. Is he Danny Woodhead? No, he's not. I, I think he's more Charlie Garner or Thurman Thomas to throw a couple of uh, old school names at you in terms of his skill set. Uh, he's tougher between the tackles and people give him credit for, uh, but I also have him down for 61 receptions. So I think it's realistic to say, you know, 1150 to 1250 combined yards. Mm -hmm. If he gets, you know, 60 catches, I mean, that's PPR gold, uh, but the touchdowns are going to be the real factor here 
on where he's going to be. I'm hearing some just craziness. People are drunk when they're saying that he's going to get like 10 touchdowns this year. Ain't going to happen. I think four to six is realistic. Uh, you know, maybe a couple through the air, a couple on the ground may score one to two as well. And on special teams. Um, so four to six in that range, I think would be on the higher end of that scale with the yardage I threw out there and the receptions. And then he'll be a top 20 back easily in PPR if he achieves that. And in standard, even he'll crack the RB two ranks. All right. I'm going to remind everybody of a statement. If, if you've heard it before, I apologize. Um, the night of the draft, the uh, departed Panthers GM, Dave Gettleman, said about Christian McCaffrey that he said the best between the tackles runner I've ever seen is Curtis Martin. And Christian McCaffrey reminds me a lot of Curtis Martin. So, again, if you're thinking wow, there you go. High guy, praise. he's not. He's not Danny Woodhead. Yes, they're both white, but that's the only thing they have in relation <laughs> to one another. That's it. Right. I agree. I can't wait to watch him. All right. Let's discuss a few. You've been you at Yahoo Sports. You've all been doing busts and sleepers at different positions. You're working through that right now. So everybody has, if we do a tight end busts and everybody throws in their opinion of who it will be, let's go to wide receiver bust. Amari Cooper is your wide receiver bust. That's a, that's going to, I don't know about shock some people, but most people disagree. Is that fair to say? Tell me why you think he's going to be a bust. I just think he's overvalued. Yep. You know, this is a guy that's going wide receiver nine. So you're going to be spending uh, more than likely a top 30 overall pick on his services. And what's really changed in Oakland? Uh, this is a guy that scored five total touchdowns last season. What what hasn't changed is the fact that uh, Michael Crabtree is still there. And Michael Crabtree is still the preferred option inside the red zone. Why? Well, Mari Cooper only caught 38.5% of his red zone attempts last year. And he was rarely targeted in those situations. So when Carr gets uh, near the goal line, he's got to go to his trustworthy option. And that option A is going to be Michael Crabtree through the air. Option B is going to be Marshawn Lynch on the ground. You know, Latavius Murray tripped and fell in the end zone a dozen times last season. I think beast mode is certainly going to get double digits in my opinion. And they're going to try to force feed him in those situations behind a monstrous offensive line. So I don't see Cooper score anything more than five or six touchdowns again. Yeah. He's got to get 80 receptions. Yeah. He's got to be over, you know, well over a thousand yards, but at his price point, you're going to be in the red, not in the black. Okay. I, I think that's fair. And I think the Michael Crabtree thing, like you said, it, it hasn't changed and we're just, I like Cooper, but I think we're hoping that they start looking for Cooper instead of Crabtree in the red zone rather than not going to happen. Right. Um, tight end sleeper. You're on the Jack Doyle train, huh? Yeah. And understandably so. Now this is of course, assuming that Andrew Luck's uh, shoulder and, and arm is still in socket and he, you know, it's not going to get amputated anytime soon. <laughs> uh, we have some concerns there right now. <laughs> But, you know, Andrew Luck loves his tight ends, really favors him, targets him around 24% of the time. At least we've seen that historically. Uh, Dwayne Allen now catching passes from the GOAT, Tom Brady in New England. Uh, Eric Swoop is there. Uh, you know, he's a guy that some people are talking up. But Doyle has got to be the main man. And his uh, reliability, he's got one of the better red zone catch percentages of any tight end in the league the last couple of years. Uh, I think he's a, a player that is going to be thrust into – uh, maybe not a high volume, but he's going to be thrust into attractive targets, meaning near the goal line with opportunities to score. And he's pretty good after the catch as well. So you could realistically get around 650 yards and maybe upwards of eight touchdowns this year. And a guy that's still going, uh, you know, after pick one, number 100 right now in average drafts, I think he's a steal of a deal. All right. The last one uh, on the 
quarter, you did a quarterback sleeper list and y'all, and y'all picked different people, I think was the way the structure was. Right. Um, yeah. You have Marcus yeah. Mariota in there. You, you are basically, he, he's a guy who over this, as time has gone on during the off season, the, the stock is going up and up and up and, and, and you're fine with it going up. I guess. Like, where would you rank him a quarterback? He's my QB three. Whoa. Actually right now. Uh, okay. team huevos. Yes. No that's kidding. bold. Well, like I said at the top of the show, uh, I am in love. I'm head over heels uh, for the Hawaiian punch. Um, you know, this is a guy that I, I believe is going to put together a banner campaign. I mean, look at the, the resources around him. Uh, you add in Eric Decker, you bring in Corey Davis, who I think is an electric prospect kid out of Western Michigan. Who's got an NFL body runs clean routes. Uh, he's got, you know, catch up after kind of a, a little bit of a, a, a layoff. Uh, Cause he hadn't signed on time with camp open, but he's in camp now. And you have Rashard Matthews, who's a breakout uh, player last year. Delaney Walker, DeMarco Murray can certainly catch the ball in the backfield. Derrick Henry to help ease pressure as well behind uh, a robust offensive line. Yeah, people are saying it's going to be, oh, this is a run first team. But I think you're going to see a lot more three wide receiver sets. They only ran three wide receiver sets 42% of the time last season, which I believe was the lowest in the NFL. I think that number is going to creep over 50 this season. They're going to spread it out. And we also can't forget that Mariota was the second most valuable quarterback from weeks five through 12 last year. And he was highly efficient inside mm-hmm. the red zone, the boots, uh, you know, he's going to run a little bit here and there to kind of pad the bottom line. I don't think he's going to see, you know, 400 rushing yards. Well, you might get 300 out of him with a couple of touchdowns there. I think he's going to eclipse, uh, you know, the 30 TD mark through the air. You pulled all together. He's still a bargain buy right now. QB eight on average, uh, coming off draft boards around pick number 80, 85 round eight of that 12 team experts draft. I participated in that's where I scored him. That's where I consistently been getting him. So, I'm all aboard the Mariota bandwagon. Please join me, John, if you will. <laughs> well, the thing about him going that high is I think they'll throw more too. But last year they threw, you know, pass what were they, 27th, 28th in the league in pass attempts or something. Yep. Yep. How high did they go? Like if he's in the middle of the league, can can he score that much? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you're going to see that ramp up and it's all because the personnel changes, right? I mean, who was he throwing to last year? Uh, It was Delaney Walker primarily, you know, Tajay Sharp was the, the darling of the preseason really didn't amount to much. And there was Rashard Matthews. You know, those are the primary guys. Now you add an Eric Decker and Corey Davis uh, with the holdovers that they have on roster. Uh, I don't see how they don't throw more Uh, because the defenses are going to, you know, many times defenses are going to scheme to try to, stack the box, stuff the run as much as possible based on what you've seen previously. But I could see Mariota the first, you know, three games of the season coming out firing like gangbusters to try to go against conventional wisdom. Tennessee, by the way, opens up with Oakland, Jacksonville, and Seattle. Uh, you know, a couple of, you know, stiff defenses there. The Jags certainly looking the part yep. on paper. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does out of the gate, but I think you're going to see a more aggressive, more vertically aggressive and assertive team, uh, you know, commanded by Mariota, just again, out of the change in personnel. All right. Um, you, you actually talked to David Johnson sometime. I did. Right. Yeah. He wants to do a thousand, a thousand. He says, and the, the Cardinals are going, yeah, sure. No problem. We got him. We got his back. That strikes me. That seems the receiving part seems. And look, if he got to 850, I don't think anybody's going to complain. But him getting 30 touches a game, I kind of thought they'd go that way last year. And it wasn't quite that much. 
You know, I mean, he got the ball plenty. Don't get me wrong. But but do you think they completely force feed him enough to get him at least in range to do something like this? I, I honestly, I believe it. Uh, you know, David Johnson, that's his goal, right? He, he goes, I want to be the third running back in NFL history to achieve a thousand, a thousand. And the last guys to do it, Marshall Falk and Roger Craig. That's a little fun bar trivia Roger tidbit there. Always, people always forget about Roger Craig. Uh, that underrated. he achieved that. So underrated. Very underrated. Terribly underrated. Uh, but Johnson is a guy that I believe in. I mean, he's an absolute athletic freak, uh, a player that, you know, has proven to be durable for the most part. Of course, he suffered that uh, knee injury late in the season. Then we see him like, what, six weeks later, jumping out of pools uh, <laughs> on Twitter, which is ridiculous. Uh, and I told him in the interview, I said, don't ever do that again. Just because, <laughs> you know. I, you know, I got kids and I'm always worried about people slipping and hitting their head on the deck uh, as a former pool owner. So I was like, he goes, look, man, uh, my coach said, don't ever do that again, too. So I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to do it. But, uh, you know, very nice guy, very humble guy. And he's a, a tireless worker and the centerpiece of this offense. And, uh, you know, he was close to it last year. He had 879 receiving yards and he was averaging 22.3 touches per game. Bruce Arians has already come out and said, we're going to get him 30 touches per game. I believe the stuff that comes out of Bruce Arians mouth. He's one of the straightest shooters in the NFL consistently backs up what he says. He is one of the few guys that you can believe in. And I think Johnson is going to have one of those like old school throwback workloads, Earl Campbell style. And, you know, you might say to yourself, well, you got to run him in the ground, but you know, so be it. He's going to, I think he's going to come very close to it, but uh, me being a betting man, I will take the odds and say that he achieves it and writes his name in the history books. All right. So um, to something you said, my kids are 13 and nine. We're actually going to install a pool during the winter. What, what advice do you have for me here? Oh gosh. Well, bigger, the better. If you're going to do that. And don't, you know, there's some people out there when they say installing a pool, they go to Walmart and get those inflatable ones. <laughs> you know? And they were like, Hey honey, we got a pool. And then it's just like, you know, one puncture from a storm and the thing goes, it's like a balloon letting the air out and it's over. Anything above ground is not the, the way to go. No, no, no. Uh, you got to go in ground, man. And I, yeah. you know, honestly, the saltwater pools kind of money in the bank. I That's highly what recommend. we're doing. Yeah. But, but the good, but you, so you you worry about the kids, you know, running around and jumping off, you know, slipping on the deck and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a concerned parent. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I, I'm a little, it's, I, I'm thinking everybody's just going to walk through my house, just soaking wet and drip water everywhere. But that's the other thing. And if you got tile, then that's a slippery hazard, right? Right. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm excited about it, but I'm, t- I see some of the things I'm looking, I'm going, I hope this works out the right way, as well as I think it's going to. All right. I guess worse problems to have than worrying about the pool. You're First world problems. First world problems. Totally. Yes. All right, everybody. Out of new fantasy football lets you build your fantasy football dynasty like an NFL GM. It's better fantasy football auction-based, deep rosters, and college players in the player pool. Stash college prospect for the future. Trade for superstars to make a championship push and develop a team over multiple seasons and play against the best fantasy football competition on the internet. I'm going to actually have a team, so uh, I'll let you know where that is. Out of new fantasy football. O-T-T-O-N-E-U. Out of new football.com. Okay, Brad, you and Liz Loza are doing some uh, pressing fantasy questions. And it's, you know, do, do you or do you not believe in this person? Is he overvalued, undervalued? Are you excited, not excited? That kind of stuff. Really entertaining stuff. And you've done it on a lot of different subjects. I'm going to address a few of them here with you. Okay. So we both like Ingram over Peterson in New Orleans. Um, but by how much? Like, I think I look at Peterson and I go, undraftable. There's no way. I can't possibly see myself owning him. And as much as I get frustrated with the way that the Saints 
underutilize Ingram. I mean, the guy has put up big fantasy performances for me. If he's my second running back, I think I'm pretty happy. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, you know, I, I definitely prefer Ingram over Peterson. Uh, there's no question about that, in my opinion, uh, just because he's, he pr- brings us more of the table. You know, Peterson coming out and saying, I'm going to try to get, what was it, 500 receiving yards? <laughs> That's his goal? You know, my sure. goal is to finally date Halle Berry. <laughs> That's my goal. Is it is it achievable? Absolutely not. I have a face for radio. That's why we're doing a pod right now. Yeah. So the fact that Peterson wants to hit 500 receiving yards or get over it is complete lunacy. Ain't going to happen. Not only because of, of Mark Ingram being there, but Alvin Kamara is also there. Uh, who's going to be this, you know, kind of change of pace, uh, you know, the jack of all trades running back that Sean Payton's throwing out Marshall Falk superlatives attaching that. to him. Yeah, it's craziness. He's a talented kid. He's not Marshall Falk. He's a talented kid. So, you know, Peterson, I think what you're hoping for best case scenario is like 850 rushing yards and like nine touchdowns. That's what you're hoping for. You're hoping he is a Latavius Murray type uh, of 2017. I think Ingram is a terribly underrated back, uh, not only in fantasy, but also in reality. He is getting crapped on for zero reason. He's a guy that's been highly reliable inside the red zone in his NFL career. He's a guy that's a very good adept receiver out of the backfield, a guy that can get it done on every single down. And uh, now, you know, he's got, you know, somebody that's threatening him. Uh, I think, you know, realistically, what, what we're thinking here, 13, 14 touches per game for Ingram. And based on his efficiency levels, that's probably enough of a workload to justify a back-end RB2 rank, right? Right. I mean, he's uh, – I'm looking at him last year. So he got 16 games, 250 touches. So he's a little over 15, right? between 15 and 16 touches, and got f- almost 1,400 yards from scrimmage and, and yeah. 10 touchdowns. And yeah, see, that's and that's going to be the key category. Who wins the goal line role? Who's going to get those uh, touches more often than not? Is it going to be Peterson, who has had fumbling issues in the past? Is it going to be Mark Ingram, who really hasn't had fumbling issues, but when he had a fumble in a red zone situation, gets benched from right. the goal line for like, what, a couple of games and then throws a hissy fit because he had, instead of building his contract, that if he hits 10 touchdowns, he gets a bonus that kicked in. So I can understand why. Um, and he eventually got that. But, you know, it took a couple of games of, you know, outward pouting and understandably so to get back into that role. I, I am going to say more often than not, I think Ingram is going to get those touches over AP. Yeah, I, I think I could see a situation where early in the season they want to give Peterson a good crack at that. And then after four games go, uh, this guy's kind of old and slow. And why, why did we even bother with this? I think that's a completely <laughs> likely scenario. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like Jamal Charles in Denver. Right. Right. There are people I live in Denver. OK. And there are there are lunatics out here running around thinking this is going to be the Jamal Charles of pre knee injury past. His knees are held together by a wad of juicy fruit and some fishing line right now. <laughs> the so, guy that you want to look out there, it's not C.J. Anderson. It's D'Angelo Henderson. Get out of coastal Carolina. They love him. He's a great fit for the offense. Short, compact, running back. Very tough after initial contact and also catch the ball in the backfield. If you're looking for a late round, I'm talking about an 11th hour stab in your fantasy league that could turn into a top 20 running back, it's D'Angelo Henderson. So I was just going to ask you if C.J. Anderson's undervalued because of the Charles thing, but it sounds like you're not too high on him either. No, I'm not. I'm really not. Um, you know, a lot of the secondary metrics uh, aren't pretty. Um, you know, the game film, not exactly pretty. This is a guy that's been 
forcing himself into committee situations uh, due to various Nixon scrapes and underperformance. Um, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I don't believe in Jamal Charles um, with Booker sideline. And he didn't do a whole lot last year. He's going to be behind the, the, the curve now. You know, the cream rises at the top. And I really think D'Angelo Henderson is that guy. I think he is going to be, uh, you know, frothy in a good way and, and sweet tasting for fantasy purposes if he gets that opportunity. I think he's going to be the RB2 behind Anderson to start the season. And if anything fells CJ Anderson at any point, and it's not like history has been on his side that he's going to play a full 16 games, then Henderson's going to be the next man up. Okay, next up. Vikings, um, you and I seem to be on the same wavelength about Dalvin Cook. I feel like people are getting really excited. Not crazy excited. What, fifth, sixth round, something like that. Fifth I've seen lately, I feel like. Um, I, I mean, I know they tried to work on their line, but they didn't do a ton there. Uh, Jarek McKinnon was literally running into people's backslash. You know, some of that is Jarek McKinnon, you know, having maybe bad vision or whatever it is. But their line is terrible. And now everybody, people, I feel like people want me to believe that with Latavius Murray there, and McKinnon's still there to catch passes. Uh, Dalvin Cook is going to be some top 25 running back, and I kind of don't get it. Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going back and forth. I'm, I'm a bit uh, I'm, I'm teetering on the fence with Dalvin Cook because I think the volume is going to be there for him, to be honest with you, and that's very attractive. Is he a guy that could get 240 to 260 total touches this season? Absolutely. It's not like Latavius Murray's A, healthy, and B, all that exciting. Right. You know, he uh, he he runs like, you know, if a telephone pole could run, <laughs> it, that's that's Latavius Murray. He's so up, you know, up and down, uh, you know, north and south in the way that he runs, and that's not a good thing. It leaves you very susceptible to lower body injuries. And that's why he suffered some of those in his career. Uh, but you know, the, I think the volume is attractive enough to justify cook as a back end RB two and 12 team formats. But uh, you worry about Murray being a goal line gremlin and poaching those touches away yep. from Dalvin cook. You worry about the offensive line, which has gone from a power system to more of a zone blocking scheme and the offensive line personnel that they brought in doesn't exactly fit that. And it doesn't mesh well with what is existing on roster for that kind of scheme or system. So I think this offensive line is going to be a mess. It could take half the season for it to get, you know, for it to get up to speed. Uh, that is one thing I'm eyeing very, very closely in preseason play is how well that first unit, uh, you know, achieves or, you know, maybe underachieves. Uh, when you know, the rubber hits the road and, you know, the second week or the third week of the preseason, but there is value there for cook. I, I just, I can't justify spending a top 50 overall pick for him, but would I entertain him in the 55 to 65 overall range? Sure. Why not? Cause again, I think the volume is going to be there. All right. That's fair. Um, Philip rivers. One of the, one of these things that, that you did with Liz, you, you, you talked about Philip rivers as a top eight quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, I got, a, I got a list of three people because I'm looking at ADPs and rankings and things like that. I'm going to name three guys, Stafford, Dak, and Cam. Is Rivers ahead of all of them for you? Correct, Mundo. Okay. Uh, and I'm firm on that. That's not going to change uh, at all. You know, Cam Newton, I, I don't think he's got to run nearly as much as we've seen in the past. Uh, you know, the touchdowns on the ground, maybe it's, it's four instead of like seven or eight that we've seen previously. Um, you know, Dak is a guy that I think is going to, take a step back this season. And we don't know about Ezekiel Elliott. You know, what's the suspension going to look like? It's going right. to be one game. It's going to be two games. It's going to be four games. It's going to be six games. We have no idea. And the schedule for the Cowboys is murderous. 
it's extremely difficult. Uh, it's the most difficult passing schedule in the NFL. So I think Dak will regress. I like Stafford. Um, you know, quite a bit, actually, he's, he's kind of another one of those guys. That's a Rodney Dangerfield all-star doesn't yes. get enough respect, enough love on a year and year out basis, but so is Philip rivers. And I know Mike Williams, uh, it sounds like he's going to miss the entire season with this back ailment. Uh, you know, there's, you know, there were rumors circulating. He was going to have surgery. He says he's not going to have surgery. Now they're saying that, you know, he's going to be on IR the entire year. It doesn't matter. They got Tyrell Williams there. Keenan Allen for now. Uh, is healthy and and yes, his knees are, you know, as rickety as Jamal Charles's, but uh, you know, he's a guy that's one of the better possession receivers in the league. Hunter Henry's game supposed to, you know, uh, ratchet up this season. Antonio Gates is a Timex watch. He takes a lick and it keeps on ticking. And then you got Melvin Gordon there who Anthony Lynn wants to increase his role in the past game, who is a, you know, sure fired, uh, you know, you know, sure fired uh, RB one and workhorse in this league and the offensive line improved and the defense is probably going to be middle of the pack. So you pull it all together and river's going to be top 10 again. And it would be the fourth consecutive season that he cracks a top 10. People forget about that. He's a very productive quarterback yep. and you're getting him right now. What a QB 15 QB 16 value around pick number 115, 120 overall. That's insane to me. Yeah, it's it's he, he is very underappreciated. You're right. Um, all right. Give me fun, last thing. Give me a couple of guys. How many leagues do you play in, by the way, approximately? Uh, I try to cut back every year. Uh, when the dust settles, I'll be in the 12 to 15 range. Got it. Give me a couple of players. I mean, even if it's players we've mentioned already that you think you're going to own the most shares in. Well, Terrell Pryor, for sure. Uh, there's no question about that. Terrell Pryor is a guy that I believe is going to have a top 10 fantasy season at the wide receiver position. Um, you know, he had the, the Hydra of suck. I like to call it in <laughs> Cleveland with all the quarterbacks uh, that were below mediocre, below atrocious uh, that were throwing at him. And he went over a thousand yards. That's amazing to me. And his first full season yes. as a wide receiver, I can't think of another example in NFL history where a guy has transitioned from one offensive position to another at the pro level and has had that much success. I can't name another guy. This is how unique of a situation is with Pryor. So now he trades in Cleveland, the factory of sadness for the factory of fun in Washington with Kirk Cousins. And I know everybody's on uh, Jameson Crowder. They think he's going to be the bee's knees and yada, yada, yada. But I think Pryor is going to be the main guy because Kirk Cousins really struggled in the red zone last year. And that's where Pryor thrives with his length and athleticism. And I'm not worried about him drawing the best DBs. He was drawing the best DBs last year and was handling them just fine. And we've seen on film already, he's owning Josh Norman in camp. So uh, Terrell Pryor is going to have a 90 catch, 1200 yard, nine touchdown season. I got a lot of stock in him. I got a lot of stock in Ty Montgomery as well for the reasons I mentioned earlier on in the podcast. Uh, Marcus Mariota, same uh, situation, um, you know, as I discussed earlier as well. Uh, those guys uh, I'm owning a ton of shares of. And then in the deeper rounds, I love Jalen Richard of Oakland. And a lot of people are on DeAndre Washington. But if you're looking for, again, that 11th hour stab, it's D'Angelo Henderson in Denver, and it's Jalen Richard in Oakland. Richard, according to Pro Football Focus, was number one elusive rating last year and number one in yards after contact per attempt among backs that saw at least 25% of the snaps. If Lynch goes down, which is a real possibility, he's 31 years old and wasn't exactly the picture of perfect health before taking that one year siesta. I think it's going to be more Richard than Washington and behind that offensive line and a very nourishing offensive environment. I think Richard could be easily an RB two in 12 team leagues. All right. Yeah. I'm down on Lynch. So I've been trying to figure out between those two guys. 
with between Washington and Richard. So that, that's interesting. And I, I know about the elusivity numbers. So yeah, that's pretty, uh, I, I, since I'm fading Lynch so much, I'm going to own one of those Raiders on a lot of teams. And you can own both of them. If you, I right. mean, if you're in a league that has a deep enough bench, I mean, I don't like to, you know, put all my eggs in one basket, but you know, let's say you're, uh, it, there are some like 10 team leagues out there that have like eight or 10 man benches that are crazy deep like that. Then you could afford to have both. Right. And you're sitting pretty. And in the Scott Fishbowl, that's what I did. I got both because it's 22 rounds or whatever it is. So, yeah. Um, hopefully I'm right. All right. Everybody, listeners to this podcast can get a free 10-day Rotowire trial at rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card required. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Check it out. Rotowire.com slash pod. All right, Brad. Um, you got a lot going on. Football season ramping up over at Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Uh, the TV show's coming. What This week, what should people be looking for from you? Yeah, we're uh, cranking all kinds of deep sleeper pieces this week. So you're going to see my love for Jalen Richard in black and white. Uh, I'm going to have some hot takes on Deshaun Watson, uh, Cooper Cup as well. And Cameron Brait, who I mm-hmm. think is a tight end that's just uh, getting dissed for zero reason. Uh, people need to get off this O.J. Howard fascination. Uh, I mean, when was the last time a first year tight end really did anything? Never. I mean, Hunter Henry had what Hardly eight ever. touchdowns last year, but right. yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it, even Gronk Gronk had good TD numbers, but the yardage numbers weren't all that spectacular. So I think OJ Howard's going to be more of a run blocking tight end and on passing situations, Cameron Brait, especially with Deshaun Jackson there to stretch the field along with uh, bookend Mike Evans, uh, is going to see some very favorable coverages. And I think he's got a really good shot of coming close to matching the production he had last year, which was top 10. So look for that on Yahoo sports this week. All right, Brad, thanks so much for doing this. You can catch Brad at Yahoo noise on on Twitter, uh, where he'll have more information about the Fantasy Football Hour, which is on Altitude TV and outlets to be named later. Um, like I said, Yahoo Noise. I'm at Hoppin 37 You can check us out at Rotowire. That's it for this edition of Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast, sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Football. Our next episode is going to be coming on Tuesday, so please check back then for more great fantasy football draft info. For Brad Evans, I'm John Halpin. Thank you for listening.